Hello, and welcome to the Almost LA Podcast. My name is Aiden. My name is Audra, and this is a short. All right. What's the short? Well, we just did Eagles Part 2. Mm-hmm. Just recorded it. And that song, Hotel California, is about... The Beverly Hills Hotel. Nice. See which how we're going to talk about. See Good how job. I teed it up for you there. Thank you. You're the best. That's why I'm a professional. <laughs> As I stutter out the word professional. Okay. <laughs> so the That's Beverly. Sort of professional. <laughs> so the Beverly Hills Hotel. Mm-hmm. It was the brain storm, brain imagining of Burton Green. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So in 1911, Burton Green, a Massachusetts native, was living in L.A. and was president of the Rodeo Land and Water Company, assuming Rodeo Drive is named after the Rodeo Land and Water Company. He bought land in the Santa Monica Mountains, um, which was at the time owned by the Mexican government. Imagine buying land in the Santa Monica Mountains now. No, it's crazy. He was hoping to strike oil but kept finding water. So to... (laughs) What a bummer, what which is which is what we need right now. We need water and not oil. So yeah, I know. That's, that's so, why I love There's a whole other episode we need to do about the oil um, things that are all over L.A. Um, the fracking things. The fracking things. And yeah. there's some hidden by artwork around L.A. that people don't know about. There's one right by the Beverly Hills really? High School. Yeah, that's crazy. Really? And remember those pictures I sent you of all the oil fields that were all over L.A.? So at one point, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, that's all yeah. you could see was the... Oh yeah, I guess so. The little arm thingies. What are those called? Are those called the refiner? Re- I don't know. They look like uh, they look like really those like they look like those bird desk toy things right. that bob up and down, but they're drilling into the ground and killing the environment. I feel like an idiot for not knowing the word of that, but I, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what they are either. I I know it. I just can't think of it. So to make some money, he put a five hundred k in a mission style ho- hotel, which he named Beverly Farms after Greens home in Massachusetts. So there's actually a Beverly Farms in Massachusetts. The hmm. hotel opened uh, May 12th, 1912, two years before the city of Beverly Hills even existed. Mr. Green had his mansion, the Burton Green Mansion, um, which was close by. Margaret Anderson and her son Stanley left the Hollywood Hotel, which we talked about in previous episodes. We talked about Hollywood and stuff. Uh, they were managing that, and they left to come and manage the Beverly Farms. The hotel lured, lured people by saying it was halfway to the beach from L.A. And um, the next couple of years, that's what people did. So in a lot of our previous episodes, and we've talked about like old Hollywood and the when um, everything was getting kind of established away from the mission that was built where downtown is now, um, Hollywood was halfway and now apparently Beverly Hills is halfway. So like everything was kind of being um, touted as like halfway to the beach was, was like a mm. selling point for all these places. So to say, so um, the, ho- the Hollywood elite began building homes around the hotel because they were like, Oh, it's halfway to the beach. I'll just build my own house here. The bungalows um, were constructed to be more home-like because there's the hotel and then these bungalows, which we'll talk about in a second. Wait, so is that why there's that weird, right outside the Beverly Hills Hotel, there's that weird intersection of roads where it's like a six or seven or eight-way stop that's huge? You know what I'm talking about? And like literally everyone has gotten T-boned right there. (laughs) So is it because like, (laughs) is it because like Beverly Hills, at least some of the houses is kind of like built around 
that hotel a little bit so there's like a big road right there or what's the point of the the hotel was the first building in that area besides the mansion Uh um and so the dirt road of sunset went from hollywood as you remember i was talking about all the way to the Mm -hmm. beach kind of um and they were basically farm dirt roads and then groves around it so any of those other early streets especially out there were probably something to do with um any kind of farming out there and i'm not specifically anything knowing anything about an eight-way section because i'm not believing you i think that's impossible but it's probably yes a very weird way to get around as they planned this the, the city around the hotel it probably became a little convoluted around there i would assume cool um so early residents to beverly hills were charlie chaplin will rogers buster keaton and gloria swanson anderson who was the manager gave part of the hotel's original land um to the city of beverly hills in 1915 and called it sunset park um it today it's known as will rogers memorial park the hotel was designed by pasadena resident elmer gray the iconic beverly hills sign was designed by paul williams it's on 12 acres of gardens designed by Wilbur David Cook, and the bungalows are all around the gardens. So there's a hotel, all these beautiful gardens, and then these little bungalows where are kind of these private little houses on the grounds. Um, in 1942, so after it was kind of built in like the 20s and 30s, it kind of exchanged hands. Uh, corporations like Bank of America owned it at one point in the early 1900s. Somebody else owned it. And it was kind of getting run down at some point. So in the ni- in 1942, Don Loper designed the famous banana leaf wallpaper because it was going through kind of a renovation. And that is an exclusive hotel wallpaper. You can actually buy it now, but it's a it's like an exclusively to the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's an iconic wallpaper. Um, the famous pool and cabanas popped up in 1956. The famous pink and green um, that is now the hotel signature colors came in 1948 and the nickname of the hotel is now called the Pink Palace. So there's 210 guest rooms, 23 of the private bungalows. The presidential bungalow is $15,000 a night. The pool, uh, the polo lounge, which is a very famous um, restaurant in Beverly Hills where a lot of meetings go down in Los Angeles was originally the children's dining room uh, Hernando Courtright, who owned the hotel in the 30s and 40s, created the Polo Lounge. The name comes from honoring the polo players who celebrated wins there. And the Foundation Coffee Room is where celebs and execs wheel and deal. In the 1930s, the hotel imported white sand from Arizona to fill around the pool. And then that created a, f- a faux beach for the hotel's sand and pool club. Cool. Yep. Uh, the Polo Lounge is a place for many famous Hollywood deals and also, I'm assuming, some not-so-great Hollywood things go on. Marlena Dietrich forced the hotel um, to implement a no-pants rule for the lounge in the 1940s. Wait, no pants? Yep. Women what were starting... W- women were starting... <laughs> I just realized that to you it's like no one's wearing pants. Yeah, well, is, is that actually what it is or no? No, women started wearing pants in the 40s because they were working in factories and they started getting away from, like, dresses and, like, more formal oh, wear. And were wow. dressing more like men, you know, to kind of assert their independence and whatever. And she didn't like that. So she, the no pants rule is basically you have to wear a dress. Sorry, I didn't mean to imply that women were walking around their underwear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, that's 
that's the coolest rule of ever of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The no pants the rule. The no pants rule in the oh 1940s. Uh, the bungalows are a meeting place for many affairs. Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy had their affairs there. Vivian Lee and Lawrence Olivier had their affairs there. JFK stayed there while campaigning and entertained starlets, meaning many affairs. Um, Marilyn Monroe had affairs there. Probably with, with JFK. JFK. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Bungalow 7 is named after her. That was one of her favorite bungalows. It's called the Norma Jean, which is her original name. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton honeymooned there. She preferred Bungalow 5. Uh, legend has it their standing room service order was two bottles of vodka in the morning and two at lunch. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Just walking around trashed all the time. That's why there's the no pants rule because right. they hang themselves from the vodka. <laughs> exactly. Just easier. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Taylor spent six of her eight honeymoons there. <laughs> oh, dude. You can't have eight honeymoons and all have them in the same place. <laughs> no, just six. Awful. Just six of them there. Not eight. She's oh, not okay. trashy. She wouldn't have all eight there. Get oh, it together. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> the two that she didn't have there, those were the real special guys. Right. Those are the special guys. The rest she just brought to the hotel. Exactly. She's like, where am I going to go? Oh, God. I'm just going to go back to the hotel. <laughs> Uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono stayed at number two for a week in a bed actress Marlena Dietrich ordered a special order. So that's kind of a cool place to be is number two. So the bed there is actually a Marlena Dietrich um, bed. Faye Dunaway uh, was taught the Australian crawl by the hotel's pool manager for a scene in Mommy Dearest, which is an iconic movie, won a lot of awards. Frank Sinatra and the Beatles um, also have iconic like photographs by the pool. Mm-hmm. Peter Finch, who was an English-Australian actor, had a heart attack and died in the lobby in 1977. He was best known for being Howard Beale in the Network movie in 1976. He was posthumously awarded the Oscar for Best Actor, and he's the only other actor to win posthumously other than Australian actor Heath Ledger. It's not posthumous? No, it's posthumously. Oh, I gotta better learn to say that. Posthumously? Yes. So, isn't that weird? So, two, only two awards best actor posthumously mm-hmm. and it's both Australian actors oh yeah that's kind of weird yeah Howard Hughes stayed at the bungalows off and on for over 30 years and staff would leave roast beef sandwiches and trees for him because that's how he preferred to pick them up it's like his own private drive through oh so he was actually completely insane <laughs> yes oh wow I love that imagery that is the like just wrapping a roast beef sandwich and leaving it in like the nook yeah. and him he pretending by, to like, drive mm-hmm. by He's, yeah. like, pretending to drive like a little kid, like, brum, 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 and he, like, goes, can I have a roast beef sandwich? And he, like, grabs oh it off God, the tree. A weirdo. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. I might just do that when I'm old just to make you mad. Um, in 1992, the hotel closed for almost three years for major renovations, about $125 million. And they had its 100th anniversary in 2012, and it was the first historic landmark in Beverly Hills. Cool. So, a little scandal. In 1992, the Sultan of Brunei owned the hotel, along with nine others as part of a collection. In 2013, you know, that went kind of, like, unchecked. Everyone's like, oh, cool, a, a Sultan owns the hotel. And I remember living there in the early 2000s and people kind of mentioning, oh, that house is owned by the Sultan or whatever. So I think he bought a lot of kind of property around LA at the time. That's what, that's what Seth was saying. We were driving on Sunset one time. There's a huge house. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder who owns that? And Seth yeah. was like... I don't know if he sure still does, but he did back at one point. I know which one you're yeah. talking about. It's kind of on the left as you're going like Man, east like on Sunset. Castle. Yeah. 
Um, in 2013, he imposed, uh, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking? Sh- Sharia law. Is it called Sharia, Sharia law? Sharia law. Thank you. I'm looking at the word and can't pronounce it. Um, which is an ancient Islamic penal code, uh, which calls for stoning gays and adulterers, public flogging of women who have abortions, amputations of limbs of thieves, etc. All horrible and no things. Pants rule. And the no pants rule. Stoning <laughs> of no pants rule. Elton so John. Wait, where did he impose that? Oh, uh, in, in Brunei. Right in Brunei. The Sultan. Exactly. Okay. So Elton John started a boycott of the hotel at the time. And within months, it lost $2 million of revenue, um, which ended up being nothing, um, which I'll tell you why in a second. So once the true nature of the Sultan's character was out, uh, Hollywood kind of went into overdrive doing protests and um, functions that were annually held, like fundraisers and celebrity weddings, moved their events to other hotels. Unfortunately, the only people that this hurt was the 650 employees at the hotel who feared for their Mm -hmm. jobs. Uh, it doesn't make a dent at the Dorchester Collection, which is the company that Sultan owns. It includes nine luxury hotels. They make the hotels alone make three hundred million a year, and the BIA Brunei Investment Agency, which owns the Dorchester Collection, has over thirty billion dollars in assets from oil and gas. So they basically said the workers would always be paid regardless of Hollywood protests, and nothing has changed. Um, and in April of this year, Elton John again pushed for a boycott. Um, oh, so but, he still owns it? Oh, yeah, he still owns it. And, oh, damn. you know, okay. nothing happens. So that is what is currently going on at the Hotel Beverly Hills Hotel. Hmm. Yeah. And the boycotts, I don't think are going to do anything either. Yeah, well, it um, sounds like he's probably going to own that thing for a while. Yeah. And until he's not, brew, you know, Sultan anymore, which well, is Sultan. Well, he'll probably just pass it down to his son or whatever. Right. So there you go. That is the brief history of the Beverly Hills Hotel. Cool. There you go. Thanks for listening, guys. We are going to start our next couple episodes with some spooky October ghosts and murders, possibly, around L.A. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. And I'll take pictures of all the homeless people outside my apartment. And all the transients outside your apartment. Don't do that. That's exploiting them. <laughs> Love you. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.